for again for all of you being here today and and uh it's it's time it's god's time isn't it and let's stay in the time of god let's stay in the thankfulness uh for our salvation let's stay in the thankfulness of being restored in the things of god and and god lifting us up and god putting us forth so before we uh start going to our message today let's let's go before the lord and uh Let's ask that our eyes and ears be open. Father, we just thank you for the time that you have imparted unto us to hear the word of God today. And we just ask that you open the eyes of our understanding. Open the eyes and the ears of our hearts, our souls, Lord, that we might hear the word of God and be blessed of you in the things that you are so diligently working to perform in all of us. That we might not only become the sons of God, but Lord, begin to work the things of the Spirit that are wanting in this day of salvation, that your word might be, be, begin to be known in all men, and that the saving of our souls is your intent and has always been your intent from the beginning. God, we thank you for these things today. Bless us and let the understanding be real and true in us. Amen. All right. So you can... You can follow along with me, and, and I'm going to start in Matthew, the 16th chapter today. And we talked, we were here, uh, I, I don't remember if it was last Sunday or, or the previous Wednesday night, but in, in the last few weeks we've been here. And of course, I'm going to bring, to, bring you to the place where um, be, Jesus begins to ask the disciples, who do men say that I am? Because there's a there's a work of God beginning to take place, and in that work of God, thank you, God is beginning to restore something mighty. And it's this word, this church, this word church. Now the word church is not used in the Old Testament. What's used in the word what's the word that's used in the Old Testament is congregation or assembly. So it becomes important then for us to understand why he is asking his disciples this question. He has intent in it. Doesn't God always have an intent? Does he not always have a motive? Always he does. So uh, I'm going to start reading. Starting with verse 13 again. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So he's not saying, Who do men say that I am? He's saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Correct? And they said, Some say that you are John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or Elijah and Jeremiah, right? As we know them or one of the prophets. So Elijah and Jeremiah, were they prophets? Yes, they were. So uh, they are saying that, well, some men say that you're one of the prophets, or some men say that you're John the Baptist. Okay? And he said unto them, But whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon, Barjona, for flesh and blood 
has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. So here, be, here it becomes important for us to understand something in and of ourselves. So it, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that no man can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Okay? It's important for us to know. Now we can say it out of a knowledge. Well, Jesus is, Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is Lord. But unless you have it in you by the Holy Ghost, you do not understand what you are saying. So Simon says, Thou art the Christ. Thou art the Son of the living God. Correct? And Jesus says, Blessed art you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, because flesh and blood can say, Jesus is Lord, but not have any understanding about what they're saying. Are you following me? Because as Christians, there are many things that we think we know, but not by the Holy Ghost. And without the Holy Ghost, what do we know? We know nothing. Ask Paul. He'll tell you. We know nothing. It's important for us to understand that there is a time or an event or an appointed time in the Father that these things become known in all of us by the word of his power. So then he goes on to say, Flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock. Now, I told you this last time, that upon this rock, Peter, Jesus is not talking about Peter. Catholicism, and I hate to express it this way, but it is true. Catholicism and many of the dominations that follow their, their order, well, they say that Peter is the rock, and so Peter was the first pope. That's their, that's their line of thought in it. Jesus is not talking about Peter. Jesus is talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ. And upon this rock... I will build my church. Oh, this word, church. You know that in Matthew 16, it is the first time the word appears. So God has a specific intent about asking the disciples about who do men say that I am? Because he's now beginning to lay the groundwork, lay the foundation of understanding when it comes to the church, the bride of Christ, the wife of God. Wow, that's a big thing. Thou art the Christ. And that flesh and blood can't reveal it to you. Who has to reveal it to you? Your Father, which is in heaven, has to reveal it to you. I think about uh, the times that, and you heard all the elders testify of it at the, at the conference, the online conference is that Rick has always said, until you get this thing on the woman figured out, you, things aren't going to happen for you. You're going to stumble along. It's amazing how true that statement is. Just as there is an order in the family, in the physical plane, 
even greater is the order that God has established in heaven for us all. When it comes to his body, when it comes to establishing the, the word in you that he gave you from the beginning. In fact, the things that God wants to begin to reveal to you are the things that you forgot and caused you to fall from heaven or fall from grace and enter into a way of life that does not know God, does not know the Father. So God says, okay, upon this rock, this revelation of who I am, that I am the Christ, I am the Son of the living God, upon this rock I'm going to build my church. So in, as, the, as the disciples grow into their apostolic mind, then it begins to be said that they're going to, that the church is going to be built upon the foundation of what? The apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Or I can also say it to you this way. The revelation of Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. That's the rock from which you were carved out of. That's the rock from which you were taken. And so none of us, when it comes to the body of Christ, the church, none of us are separate and distinct in and of ourselves. We are all being fitted back into the rock or the foundation that God established before time began. This becomes the word that God has hidden in your heart. Wow. This is what causes you to be assembled to Christ. This is what causes the salvation of Jesus Christ to become the most meaningful thing you'll ever experience because it fits you and frames you into his own body, which now you have an appearance. Now you have an image of the true in Christ. So what happens if I separate myself from the intent of God? or from the body of Christ. What happens to me? We die. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 or 14, I, I'd have to go look it up this morning and read it, but, and maybe we will in just a few minutes. If I separate, if I cut my finger off from my hand, what happens to that finger? It dies. Why does it die? It has no supply of life because the life is in the blood according to the Bible so if the life is in the blood and I cut it off and now it has no life going into it it dies so what happens when we separate ourselves from the mind of Christ and try to live in and of ourselves to ourselves what are we we are dead because we have no life going in to that part of the body, and it dies. Are you following me? Are you with me this morning? So what Jesus is saying to his disciples, now do you, do you think they understood what he was saying? No, they did not. But were they going to understand what he was saying? 
So was he planting a seed in them that when they got the Holy Ghost, that seed would begin to come forth in power and that everything that he had put in them to know and understand that would bring the reality of the body of Christ, the church, would it become known in them? Yes. That's why he said it. He had purpose. He had intent. Same with us today. Even in and of ourselves. If we have a mindset that keeps us from being assembled together in the body of Christ or think that we can live separately in and of ourselves from the body of Christ, even in God, we have, mis- we have not understood the intent of Christ. We have not ins- understood the intent of our salvation. So one thing for sure, we want to make sure that everything that I'm seeing and hearing it is creating in my mind that this place that God has ordained for me to live in from the beginning. He's bringing me back into the remembrance. He's awakening, he's awakening me back to the thought that he established in me from the beginning. Now, when I say that, do you think that Christ is looking at your body of flesh or do you think that Christ is looking at the body of himself. It's the body of himself. He's not looking at you um, in your body of flesh. That's not how he sees you. He sees you as himself. Because that's what you were taken. That's where you were from the beginning. You were a you were distinctly a part of himself. And so. That which you have always been is that which you were going to be. Can, you, can I say it that way and you understand it? So that which you have always been in Christ, that is what you are going to be. Because he is restoring you back to what you were in the beginning. That's awesome. And I say this unto you, Peter, that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So in the salvation message that Jesus Christ is bringing to you, in the revelation of himself unto you, can hell prevail against you? It's, it's not possible. So Jesus was baptized of John the Baptist, right? Filled with the Holy Ghost, driven into the wilderness, And in the wilderness, did he not prevail against the gates of hell? So that everything that we suffer in the flesh, did he not also likewise suffer in and of himself? And did he not overcome every sin of the flesh, prevail against it, so that he could could bring you also into the experience of overcoming sin and death? and set you apart in and of himself to where hell cannot prevail against you? And the answer to that question, of course, is yes. So in the revelation of Jesus Christ, when it comes to you, and it is coming to you, even this morning as we speak it, the revelation of Jesus Christ is being set apart unto you. What's your your role? What was the disciples' role? 
to believe. And if they believed, then what would they do? They would what? John said it. They would follow. So if I believe something, then there's an action in it, right, to follow. Just like when Pastor Brian was here a year ago, uh, he began to lay the foundation of this church. And what did he teach on? Repentance from dead works and faith, faith toward God. Apostolically, the apostle shows up and he begins to teach us something, right? Because he is ordained of God to do so. And that which he taught us was foundational to our way of life in the church. And if we don't follow the order that the apostle begins to establish in the word of God, to begin to establish our life as the church, then we have missed the intent of Jesus Christ in the Word of God. Because the whole intent of Jesus Christ is to have a body. And that body, God prepared for Him. You know why Jesus went to the cross and wasn't afraid to do so, Frankie? Because He knew that the Father had already prepared a body for Him. And that body is you. It was already prepared. It's done. It's finished. From the foundations of the world. Now, the thing that we miss in and of ourselves is we always stand in that mirror that it's, it's really it's a mirror of darkness. And the reason it's dark is because it's reflecting in the way we think when it comes to God. That's what makes it dark. So in 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, when we look into the mirror and we see the Lord, now all of a sudden there's a, there's a glory or a brightness or a light that's causing us to see differently. And we don't see ourselves darkly. We now see ourselves as we are as the Lord from heaven. Because there's been a change in the mindset. There's been a change by the Word of God. And we have take, been transformed or we've taken on the mind of Christ and we now see ourselves as Christ has always seen us from the beginning. A part of the body of Christ. A part of the church. We've found our home again. So we're going to begin every time we come together. I, I said this a few weeks ago. We're going to continue to lay the groundwork of the importance of knowing these things in and of ourselves as to who we are as a part of the body of Christ. Because without the body, you are dead. Can I say that again for you? Without the body, you are dead. But when you begin to see that the Word of God is bringing you to the place where you begin to see yourself as a part of the body of Christ, what will you find in and of yourself? You will find life. And you will begin to see that the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleanses you from all sin, is now alive and well in you. And if that blood is alive and well in you and making you a part of the body of Christ, then will you not know 
your sin and that it is not in you anymore. That's awesome. That's the purpose of Jesus being sent. He wasn't just sent to die on a cross. There was great intent in the mind of the Father in sending His Son, the Word of God, to perform the will of the Father from the beginning to restore every soul back into the body of Christ. And here's the most glorious part of the whole thing in my mind. And that is, when I become a part of that body, when I allow the Word of God to graft me back into the body of Christ, then the same intent, the same purpose that the Father had from the beginning now becomes my intent. It becomes my purpose. That God will send me to my generations in the same love and in the same power of that love to restore all things in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you. But these things are becoming so very, very important to me. I am rejoicing greatly that God is beginning once again to frame in the mind of the believer the importance of all things in himself. And he started with the revelation of the woman so that the woman could begin to birth all things in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read for you, yes, Revelation chapter 19. I'm going to end with this today. Starting with verse 5. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, thunderings, sayings, Alleluia. So thunderings are what? Sayings. So we had another elder show up a year ago. And what, is, what was his directive? Keep the sayings of Jesus. Not just keep the sayings, but keep the sayings of Jesus. Correct? Because they thunder in the mind. And as they thunder, they create and they bring forth. Wow. Many waters in the voice of mighty thundering saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. So who reigns? The Lord. The Lord God reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him. For why? The marriage, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and His wife has made herself ready. Who's made herself ready? The wife. This is a great thing. The wife has made herself ready. Now listen. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. It's interesting that even in this life, 
Every bride wants to wear white. What does she want to wear? A white dress. Why? Why does she want to wear a white dress? Purity. Purity. It's a sign of purity. And so if we wear it, shouldn't we be pure? Because it's a sign of what? Righteousness of what? Christ. The righteousness of the saints. In other words, there's been a work of God in you where the wife is making herself ready and she's becoming who the Word of God says she is. Let me go on. And he said unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Oh my goodness, why are you here today? Huh? You are blessed. And you have been called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Because the wife has made herself ready. The church, the body of Christ, is what you have been called into. And being called into it, you have an intent, there's an intent of God in you, for you, that you have made yourself ready, or are making yourself ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. For the finished work of God. Wow. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See, you do it not. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. So if I am... If I am being called into the marriage supper of the Lamb because the wife has made herself ready and I'm now being made a part of the body of Christ, correct? Then I am being assembled into a body of testimony. And that testimony is of who? Jesus Christ. So I now am being assembled with a body of believers that have the testimony of Jesus Christ. How can you have the testimony of Jesus Christ? Tell me. What did God give you that gave you the testimony of Jesus Christ? How can anyone say that Jesus is Lord, saved by the Holy Ghost? You know that in the Holy Ghost, we have all things common one to another. Can you imagine? So that we have one mind. And that mind is Christ. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, and we've read it many times, let me just go and read it again. Because in the mind of God, this is what He has created in His intent for you. Now listen to this. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I, now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So now, how important is it then that you know the name of God? By the Holy Ghost. Not of knowledge. Not just to say it.
But you know it by the Holy Ghost. It's been revealed unto you. That you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Because now you have been set or saved or restored or redeemed into that one body, the body of Christ. And in that one body, there's only one mind. And that one mind, that Jesus, He is the head of that whole body. Isn't that awesome? That's the power and glory of the church. And that's why we're going to take what, however much time it takes to set forth the vision of God in the church, in each and every one of us, we're going to take the time to do it. Can you say amen? Can you be thankful and rejoice in what God is doing today for all of us? I pray so. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today.